0: January 16th, 2020. This is the Hermetic Hour. I am your host, Polk Runyon, and tonight we present a discussion on the controversial themes and symbols of the medieval Holy Grail legend. We will first establish that the entire concept of Lucifer the Lightbringer is a hoax launched in the Old Testament to cover up Jehovah's palace coup, the war in heaven, and the subsequent exile of Elion and his Elohim, the fallen angels. Next, we will examine the medieval Cathars, their origins and beliefs. We will consider the survival of Valentinian Gnosticism in southern France and the troubadour courts of love. We will describe the grail in its hermetic Sabian, celestial origin as set forth in Bonnes and And we will reveal what the physical Holy Grail really was. So, if you want to know what those nasty French knights were hiding in their castle, join us on the quest. And you better have your coconuts ready. Okay. Now, upon reading the abstract for this show, uh, the listener may wonder, just what does Lucifer have to do with the Holy Grail? And so, we need to answer that question at the beginning of our discussion. Uh, Mike, are you there?
1: I am here. Can you hear me?
0: Oh, good. Uh, that's Brother Solomon's with us. So just hang on, and, and and I'll get through all this, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about it. There was a medieval German legend that dealt with the biblical war in heaven and the casting down of Lucifer and his fallen angels. The legend was actually created by a 13th century German poet based on various biblical passages and inspired by the, an earlier 12th century German Meistersinger Wolfram von Essenbach in his epic poem of the Holy Grail, Parsifal. Now, this later legend declared that during the heavenly war, the archangel Michael struck the rebellious angel Lucifer with his sword, knocking a jewel from his crown. This jewel descended to earth and became the sacred shoestone known as the Holy Grail that was guarded and served by the fallen angels. Now this poem and related passages in the book of Revelation inspired a Luciferian cult in 13th century Germany that was infamous for having orgies in caverns. Now although the jewel from Lucifer's crown story was probably inspired by Parzival, It does not come directly from von Essenbach's poem. Lucifer is mentioned in Parzival, but not in direct connection to the Grailstone. Unfortunately, the Lucifer's crown jewel legend is often attributed to Parzival and von Essenbach, whose sources for the legend of the grail stone were the Simeon, Hermetic, and original Book of Enoch. Which brings us to the question of Lucifer himself. Who was he? What was he? Where did he come from? Lucifer is a fictional character. He is a hoax. He is fake news, a conspiratorial false flag, a fabrication made worse by mistranslation. Lucifer first appears in Isaiah 14:12 as Hillel ben Sahar, the name of the king of Babylon, which also means the god of Venus, the morning star. When this was translated into Latin it became Lucifer the light bearer Lucifer was not equated with Satan until the New Testament but he was soon deified in both titles in both titles by the Roman Church Dante and by Milton for the Protestants you know Milton Paradise Lost but if Lucifer himself is a fiction we have to ask why was he created What does he represent? What does this hoax cover up? Who perpetrated it and why? Now the answers to these questions have only become available with modern scholarship. The early Gnostics and the medieval Cathars knew that Jehovah was not Jesus' father in heaven. But they did not know that Lucifer or Hillel ben Shahar represented the Most High God, Elohim, and his his Elohim, the original father god of Abraham and Melchizedek, the gods of heaven represented by the stars and the planets whom Jehovah overthrew and banished earthward in his war in heaven, which was fought with pens on parchment during the Hebrew exile in Babylon. It was a hoax. If Lucifer could be said to have an actual counterpart in biblical mythology, it would have been Samyaza, the chief of the fallen angels in the book of Enoch, which our frater Solomon uh, delightfully portrayed in our film Beyond Lemuria. These fallen angels supposedly give humankind the knowledge to create civilization before the Great Flood, and according to the Parseval, continued to advise and comfort us in the service to the Holy Grail. Because the original Hebrew cult of Jehovah was opposed to civilization, agriculture, and to women, except for breeding and housekeeping, Jehovah, the patriarchal, angry, jealous war god, had to overcome the true father in heaven, El, or Elion the original god of the Bible and of the land of Canaan. The Lucifer hoax was part of a massive redaction and rewrite of the Bible undertaken by Ezra during the captivity and with the support of Cyrus, king of Persia. Cyrus sponsored the Hebrews' return to Israel and financed the rebuilding of the temple. Israel became a satellite of the Persian Empire. The original lowest Hebrew tradition continued in secret. It would not reemerge until the Gnostic movement at the beginning of the Common Era. Most Christian Gnostics accepted Jehovah as a demiurge, a creator and master of the physical world, wherein human souls, created by the original Father God, were held captive. Only by accepting the message of Christ could they be set free to ascend to heaven. The Valentinian Christian Gnostics believed that the soul was both male and female, and that it was not united until marriage. They believed that Jesus' female counterpart was Mary Magdalene, and that marriage was the true Eucharist ceremony of Christianity. Their traditions and rituals immigrated to southern France after the death of Jesus and and were passed on to the medieval troubadours and Cathars of the Holy Grail community. This remarkable spiritual and physical synthesis was called the court of love. The troubadours flourished during the era of the Cathars. The Cathars were a sect of Gnostic Christians who owed their origin to a similar cult that had sprung up in the, sprung up in the Balkans called the Bogomils. The Cathars and the Bogomils rejected the Old Testament of the Bible entirely. Their sacred text was the Gospel of John. Like the original Alohists, the Cathars were vegetarians. They accepted Jehovah as a demiurge, but they considered him and the physical world to be evil. They also believed that Mary Magdalene was the consort of Jesus, but they did not hold with the sacredness of marriage. Many students of Grail lore have rejected any connection between the Cathars and the troubadours. How could these lusty fighting men have been members of a pacifist celibate vegetarian sect? Of course, they could become, uh, of course they could, because only the perfect Cathars, those of the highest initiation, the priesthood of the sect, were committed to celibacy, pacifism, and a vegan diet. The rest of the congregation could love, fight, eat meat, and procreate at will they would postpone the consolamentum, the final ritual, until old age or upon their deathbed. And so the troubadours of the Grail community could certainly have been Cathars and probably were. And we have a good deal of evidence to indicate that the Cathars were in actual possession of the Holy Grail. Before we reveal just what the Holy Grail really was, we need to review the tragic history of the Cathars. They began in southern France in the early days of the 11th century, probably inspired by the Bogle mills in the Balkans, and quickly spread through the Languedoc region of France. Cathars met in their own homes. Catholic churches were soon standing empty. Corruption and exploitation by the Roman Catholic clergy had as much to do with the mass conversion to Catharism as the doctrines of Gnosticism. To the persecuted peasants and tradespeople of the countryside, the Cathars seemed to be much better Christians than the Catholics. Of course, this infuriated the Pope and his cardinals. The Cathar heresy was directly responsible for the creation of the Dominican order and its hideous institution, the Inquisition. This secret police force descended on Languedoc and began to torture and execute Cathars for heresy. They became so feared and hated that a band of troubadour knights from the Grail Castle slaughtered a dozen inquisitors in one raid. This defensive action prompted the Pope, Innocent III, to conspire with the King of France to launch a military invasion of Languedoc. This was called the Albigensian Crusade and stands to this day as the worst genocide in European history. In demographic terms, it was worse than the World War II Nazi Holocaust. In ten years' time, one million people were burned alive by the Inquisition and its crusaders. The infamous line, kill them all, God will know his own, comes from the Albigensian Crusade. With the Cathars and their tragic history covered, we can now proceed to reveal just what the Holy Grail really was and what happened to it. First, let's be clear on what it was not. It was not the cup of Christ. Even the original Grail story by the French writer Chrétien de Troyes, the Grail had no connection with Christianity. That idea came a hundred years after the Parzival was circulated. Parzival has the best description of the Grail. He calls it a stone from the stars, brought down and guarded by the fallen angels. In which he names in which the names of those called to serve appear. It is a showstone, a scrying orb. Those who are called to join the grail community will see their names and their destiny in the stone. This is what the grail was and the Cathars called it Mani. M A N I. This was also the name of one of their festivals, which led some scholars to assume that Mani referred to the prophet Mani and Manichaeism, the cult, uh, the, the cult that Mani founded. However, one of the Dominican inquisitors wrote in his 11th century journal that the Cathars see their spirit in their Mani. The German anthropologist Otto Rahn was quick to realize the significance of this in relation to Wolfram von Essenbach's description of the stone from the stars. He knew that in the Far East there was a legend of a similar stone from heaven called the Chittimani that was said to be a wish-fulfillment stone, a feeding vessel and a prophetic oracle and a healing stone. All the attributes that von Essenbach had described. Otto Rahn was convinced that the grail was such a stone. Because so much grail lore is Sabean and Magi, it is not hard to imagine that the original Chitamani, or a replica made, or a mer- replica of it, made its way westward in the early days of the common era and became the sacred treasure at Montseigneur or Montsovat, the grail castle. When the castle was surrounded... By the so-called crusaders, three brave knights carrying something in a rucksack repelled down the cliff face on the gorge side of the fortress. They escaped with the treasure, and to this day, no one knows where they hid it. But we have a good idea of what it was, and the final question should be, why has this remained such a secret? Well, the answer is because the man who discovered it was forced to join the Nazi party and wrote a sequel to his excellent crusade against the Grail called Lucifer's Court, wherein he accepted the later Luciferian version of the stone from the stars, possibly in deference to his Nazi editors. But this should in no way discredit his discovery that Chittumani has published in his first book. Okay, that's, uh, uh, you know, like Judge Jeanine says, that's my opener. Okay, Uh uh, got any comments on the on 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 that, Father uh, Solomon? Um,
1: well, I think I'll reserve uh, because you're very knowledgeable in the Grail, certainly beyond me. Um, I'll, I'll reserve my comments probably for the evolution of um, Lucifer and and the fallen angels and, and what fell out. Um, because we have a, a, a beautiful process. Well, not a beautiful process, but. The the beautiful process is actually the reverse of finding out who these Enochian fallen angels were Um, and how they got changed over the centuries and and, uh, over a couple thousand years into um, the demons. so one of the beautiful things that um, you were able to do with Baal, he's... He's called Beelzebub by people who just don't understand Lord of the Flies. I I think that was possibly a a way of mocking him. But when we understand him as who he was and the beautiful masculine energy that he represents, complementing Astartes, feminine energy, uh, we get a much more real picture of um, what our our ancestors were worshipping and and trying to... um, Encapsulate. And one of the things, though, that you do bring up that's important is the distinction between um, Jehovah and the, um, the parent of all or, or the, uh, the, the father of lights, as he's, um, I believe, called by the Manichaeans, or the silence or, or the deep, uh, deep in the sense of deep contemplation. Uh, this is what, if we're, if, if we're truly on the path of light and on the path of good, this is what we should aspire to. We, we need to go above Jehovah. We need to go above the whole concept of, uh, uh, of a, a deity that's, um, well, overly patriarchal and um, very, very much focused on just slaughtering animals for sustenance. To um, the beauty of agriculture, which really was um, the big ad- advancement that we needed to survive as humans. Well, of course, so, it, um, was,
0: but, it was civilization, and and the original uh, the original Hebrews uh, were kind of kind of against civilization, just like so many of the so many of the uh, the Muslims are, you know, especially the Muslim terrorists are today. Their enemy is not Christianity, their enemy is not is not America. Their enemy is civilization
1: as a whole. As a Yeah, whole.
0: yeah, as a whole and at the same time they're using cell phones and computers and everything uh you know, to fight civilization, uh, you know, that uh it uh however um you know, I, I don't want to get I don't want to get too political, but it, but uh one of the, uh, the things about uh about this whole Lucifer thing is that that lucifer was in a way kind of a almost a almost a sympathetic you know a a sympathetic character especially the way milton presented him in in paradise lost and all uh right, and right. and and unfortunately he has in in and and I I wouldn't be so upset with this Lucifer with the Lucifer hoax that Ezra I think Ezra probably did it and probably uh, messed around with the Book of Isaiah and and, uh, and and he probably created it as part of his uh, as part of his uh, you know uh, pushing pushing Yahweh uh, up up to the throne of up to the throne of Elion, up to the throne of the real Creator God uh Je Jesus', Jesus is real father. Uh so it's probably Ezra's, Ezra's hoax. But what I you know, I, I I kind of have a as I say, I have sympathy for the for the idea of the Lightbringer and I know Blavatsky, you know, did and, and not that I'm a great fan of Blavatsky, but still she you know, she she uh and so many people have uh at least in Victorian times they they saw Lucifer as a, you know, as an alternative to, uh, to, to the Old Testament God Jehovah, and in that in, in that case, that's fine. But then, but then, unfortunately, in uh, in more recent times, Lucifer has become an excuse, uh, sort of a, uh, sort of a, uh, a white paint to paint on Satanism. You know, he he's uh, he kind of a if 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 your friendly neighborhood Satanist wants to uh, you know wants to uh, say well we're really not that bad what he does is he puts on a Lucifer uh, a mask you know right and and he's, yeah and and I and, and that, uh, that's very unfortunate because because uh, uh, Satanism has no place in the Western uh, you know no no place in, in the Western tr- uh, tradition except as a Except uh, as, as an acknowledged demonic spirit, it can acknowledge Satan as a demonic spirit. But I, but he otherwise the uh, the whole idea of, of of equating Lucifer and Satan as as was as somebody what is it Book of Matthew what 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 book in the New Testament where uh, where they equated uh, Satan with uh, with uh, uh, Lucifer.
1: Well, ironically, it's not explicit. It's implicit, and this is how. The Gospel of Matthew mentions Lucifer, which is the the first instance uh, before Isaiah was um, translated um, or reinterpreted. Um, it, Matthew is the first person to say, okay, uh, Lucifer's the one who fell from heaven, um, as though it were a quote from Jesus. Um, but it is uh the book of revelations where it talks about the dragon falling out of heaven and is equated yeah. with satan uh those those two get blended together now that's uh, right one thing that th- there's something that's really important to unpack here um we have a a couple of historical phases that um led to the evolution of lucifer and then lucifer is satan um isaiah talks about the king of babylon i don't think that isaiah uh, was talking about anybody other than the king of Babylon. Because if, if you read Isaiah with the understanding that Isaiah is prophesying for his time, everything yeah. makes a lot more sense when you try to push it out to Jesus' time. The suffering servant yeah. really is its referring to, to Israel as a nation suffering. Um, and so all this stuff gets projected onto um, yeah. Yeah. The, the form of Christianity we know today. Then well, we have, hell, of well, course, well, Jeremiah. Hell, hell,
0: hell. Hillel yeah been uh oh, he's uh, real yeah bizarre. That's, that's, uh, it was the name of was the name of a king of the babylon maybe not the exact name name of one but the, the the one that uh isaiah was referring to but he was a king of he was a king of babylon and and uh you know so that that very well could have been uh could have been who uh, isaiah was referring to and and uh, or, or he
1: could have been referring to uh there is the possibility there is a, a similar god in uh Canaanite mythology who's, who's very minor his name is Astar or Aftar yeah and he couldn't and, uh, yeah, he, he could his, his,
0: his he, he tried to sit on he tried to sit on El's, uh, on Baal no not El he tried to sit on Baal's throne and his feet wouldn't reach the footstool <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, right. so yeah, but 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 you know, but what what Peter Gray points out, and, and 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 it's time to mention that that all of our all of what I what I talked about uh, the fact that uh, Lucifer is is a hoax, and 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 it really ought to be Semyaza, you know, uh, the head head of the fallen angels. All of this comes from Peter Gray's wonderful book, Lucifer Princeps, and we did a show on that, and. In fact, let me say right now, the reason why I did this show, everything in this show that we have done tonight, everything in this show is, is, uh, we've we've covered in previous shows, uh, you know, on on Lucifer Princeps, uh, we covered the the Lucifer hoax, and we've covered a lot of these things, but the reason what we have not covered, and, and the reason why we did this show, is because I... I had missed Otto Rahn's first book, Crusade Against the Grail. It wasn't uh, we 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 did his second book, the one that Nazis piddled with, and that was the Lucifer's Court. And and I had since then they they published the first one. I don't know why Inner Traditions uh, uh, published uh, the the the, uh, the Otto Rahn's Nazi book before they published his his really good one. That was pre-Nazi, and and uh, and I finally got a chance to read it, and I realized in there that's that's where Otto Rahn discovered the Chitumani, as uh, and and, and, uh, and he also discovered uh, the the, te- the uh, journal of that inquisitor who said that that the
1: Cathars saw their spirit
0: in the money in their money. And, and, now, uh, that, does
1: that remind you at all? I, I, I'm just curious. Does, does that remind you at all of the magical mirror, or or the uh, the maybe more the crystal that that we stare in when we scry uh, is, well, is there and, a kind and, of a relationship and, and, no, the crystal, between crystal, the
0: crystal ball? Uh, see, the Chitumani. If you uh, and, and if you go on on uh, Wikipedia, uh, you'll see, and, and you look up at Chitumani, you'll see a. A, a picture of a Buddhist tapestry showing showing a Buddha holding a chitumani stone in his hand, and it's a crystal ball. That's what they were, and and there was probably more than one of them. But 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 the the legend is that that this chest came down from heaven, and uh, and one of the kings of Tibet, and and he uh, he he kept the chest until until. Uh, uh, some uh, wise people told him what it was, but it, it's a wish fulfillment stone, and it heals, and it and it does everything that, that von Essenbach said the said the Grail did, and and uh, and it says sort of a point by point, and and uh, and so uh, you know Ron, Ron detailed this in his first book, uh, Crusade Against the Grail. And I had not uh, gotten that book. I got his first one, and they they published the they published the second book first. And and I don't know, maybe because they thought Lucifer would just sell better or something. Uh, that, that that's you know, it's Probably. like the old idea of you put a put a swastika on the cover and you can sell the book.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and right. put Lucifer. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, um, but they, they, so. Uh, unfortunately, uh, scholars have ignored, they have ignored what uh, what uh, Ron found out. And I'm, one of the books I'm going to recommend uh, 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 for most of this, uh, you know, to back up most of what we've been saying tonight, is Andrew Philip Smith, The Lost Teachings of the Cathars, Their Beliefs and Practices. This is a very good book. But, but Smith... Um, ignores the Chitumani completely, and he says that the money that the Cathar Mani came from uh, from money of the Manichaeans. And I think the reason why S- Smith is probably being politically correct, he's probably thinking, oh well, I don't want to give, I don't, he, and, and you know, he has a little chapter on uh, Otto in here, and he's very in, unsympathetic to Otto and and that's a shame because Otto uh uh Crusade Against the Grail is a terrific book uh, and I uh, and you know, I highly recommend it. Uh you can forget about Lucifer's court. That that uh, uh that really was meddled with, with by by the Nazis. And and uh and unfortunately that uh this this legend by the way of of uh, Lucifer of Michael, you know, uh, hitting uh uh, Lucifer's crown with his sword and knocking the jewel off his crown. This thing was apparently created by a later Meistersinger, a later German poet, uh, about 100 years after Parsifal, and obviously it, it, he, he was inspired to some degree by Parsifal, and then also by a number of, of uh, things in the Book of Revelation which, uh, which relate to this fallen dragon and all that. But uh, I can't find, and I'm really frustrated, I can't find any reference to the original poem where this came from. All I can find, and and I did find this, that um, Franz Liszt's girlfriend, Princess Seyan Wittgenstein, Carolyn Wittgenstein, Wrote a book about uh, about this that was printed in, in in 1850, and in which she she recounted this 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 um, legend of Lucifer's crown and the jewel. But that's all I can find. I can't find I can't find who it was that originally uh, uh, came up with this. But it did obviously. It inspired the Luciferian Society, which. Uh, as I as I said, you know they they used to they believed that every that, that 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 if you if you if you got underground, if you got underground, you 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 were uh you were away from God's uh, you were away from God's jurisdiction. You could do anything you wanted. So what they used to do, <laughs> German, yeah, the German Luciferians, they used to get down in these caverns and they'd have a have their ceremony and then they'd blow the torches out and then they'd have a group grope and they'd <laughs> and anything anything went so you before at a certain point in the ceremony you you better get next to whoever you want to you you want to you know get funny with and, <laughs> they, and yeah oh yeah but then they had a they had their, they had an inquisitor Conrad of Malberg who went after the Luciferians and and uh, Otto Ron was going to write a book about him and the Luciferians so he, so Ron himself, uh, you know, I think he maybe he maybe have validated this later this later interpretation perhaps because he was kind of sympathetic for the Luciferians. Uh, uh, I don't, you know, it, it, so the, but I I would like to be able to find out who this this later this later Meister Singer who created this this legend of uh, of lucifer's crown i'd like to find out who that was and anybody listening if you, if you know or uh you know maybe uh, somebody somebody knows more about it i know one thing wagner uh wagner was going to use it in, Lohen, in, in lohengrin but he cut it out uh the libretto in lohengrin they were going to make reference to lucifer's crown uh but wagner uh read it, read it in, 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 Princess Carlin's book. And he got, uh, he got very mad and he said, cut that out. I don't want that in the libretto. So at least Wagner censored it, but, um, uh, it would be nice to be able to find out where
1: this original
0: Lucifer's crown, uh, legend came from.
1: Well, you and I both looked and, and couldn't find anything on that. Um, However, I did. It, it, I know. I found. Like, Car-
0: I found. No, no, Mike. I found Princess Carol and I dug and dug and dug and dug and I finally found Princess Carol and, uh, uh Wittgenstein. I found. Uh, I found that she she'd done a book on it in eighteen fifty. I did find that.
1: Okay. Okay. Now, one thing that I I think we ought to pa- unpack, and I probably should have done it a little bit earlier, because I think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, is just what, what were Ezra's followers trying to um, cover up? Uh, because we know sometime after Ezra lived, uh, the uh, infamous Book of Enoch was written. And, and this is where um, Lucifer was really, really fleshed out uh, in the entity known as uh, Semyaza, um, which is probably uh, their way of kicking Elion out of heaven so that they could put their, their version of God in heaven, Ezra's God, uh, jehovah in heaven and um saying okay all this stuff that's good is bad and, and uh, l- let's unpack what they actually tried to demonize because when you hear what it is it's pretty shocking especially we, when we can look at it as so beneficial to our lives we have uh armor oaths uh, he's um for magical protection protecting yourself from bad magic um we have uh gadriel who is the uh, angel of uh, makeup, cosmetics, beautifying yourself. Um, so people who maybe weren't so attractive, they found it easier to find a mate with Gadriel's uh, techniques that he taught. Then we have uh, a, an incredibly significant um, angel who fell from heaven, and, and I think his name is perfect. It's Penemue. Um, and uh, what did Penemue drew? Well, the pen is mightier than the sword. Uh, he, he brought writing and art. Uh, he brought up the pen. And can you imagine, what is so wrong? I mean, for, for goodness sakes, the Bible's a, a written piece of literature. So what is really wrong with, with writing and art? Well, there was a time where uh, Ezra did not want people writing in addition to what he had written. So here comes the demonization of writing. But more significantly is the demonization of art. Art is not something that... that the uh, should be demonized because it is incredibly important We wouldn't have anatomy We wouldn't have botany um, We wouldn't have science If we didn't have art in order to depict The things in nature that we're trying to observe um, So Penemu is an incredibly Significant um, illustration Of just how much Ezra's um, religion Was trying to cover up Because it was so significant progress uh, Then then we have um, Kazakiel for meteorology Then we have Barakiel for um, Helping understand the seasons And the stars to calculate the seasons That was important to determine when to harvest And as we know Ezra was more concerned With uh, a meat based culture And a patriarchal culture Than a culture that um, harvested from the ground But if you want to survive You have to be able to do that With an evolving civilization You just don't have modern civilization without it um, Then uh, really significant Is Yakon. Yacon um, was the angel in, Who says hey We should be able to sleep with these women If they want to sleep with us So what does that signify Well that signifies being able to choose your own partner um, In Ezra's religion Your parents Or your grandparents or a matchmaker Would choose your partner You did not get to choose your own partner So there wasn't this, this real bond This real love that, that the Cathars And the uh, um, Valentinians Celebrated um, and so that that's really inc- incredibly significant. Um, the, the last one to unpack is Azazel, who is the angel of war. And, and that sounds really bad. You, you hear war and you think, oh, war, that's terrible. So I, I had to think about this for a while. But if you look at every great civilization, as imperfect as it was, one thing that it needed to be able to do was to protect itself from – neighboring tribes who just wanted to pillage them. So you have the Greeks. They're evolving science. Um, They're they're fighting against a lot of barbarians who have no interest in science or getting closer to the truth. Uh, The Romans evolved on that. And that led all the way up to the Renaissance, um, where science just really absolutely exploded. And what is science? Science is the discovery of truth. Uh, And then we come to a a really important phase. Uh, I, I had to think about this for a while, but then it clicked. Like, war is an ugly thing but democracy cannot be defended without defense it can't be defended without war because unfortunately there's always tyrants who want to steal there's always dictators who want to steal crush and destroy like um like that evil man Soleimani, who was um who who was recently killed a uh, very very bad man um and uh, it, this is what you have to do when you when you defend a democracy, you need to be able to create tools of defense and what happens when whenever there's war, sad as it is, there are also major advances in science because everybody's really trying to get focused on okay, uh, we need to protect ourselves and we need to be as advanced technologically as possible um, so what happens is there's all sorts of advances in, in medicine uh, when we're going through these phases of defending our democracy or our science based culture
0: well yeah yeah but uh uh quite often uh, the uh when we when we uh go to war uh we we do so uh, from a from a position where uh, where a democracy has 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 Transitioned uh, or republic has transitioned into into a into an oligarchy or into a dictatorship. Uh, you know, Machiavelli, yeah. Machiavelli warned us about that. He said uh, everybody thinks uh, when you, you mentioned Machiavelli, you think oh, the prince. He wrote a, a a handbook on 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 how to be a tyrant. Well, yeah, he did that because he he, he uh, a tyrant paid him to do it, paid him to write the book, and he so he did. And He needed the money, but anyway, he also, but he also wrote, he also wrote a book about about republics, and he himself, he himself was very much of a Republican. He 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 uh, uh, he believed in republics, uh, but he said that that all republics carry within themselves the seeds of their own destruction, and that every two hundred years. A republic has to re- has to get rid of all of its accumulated uh, its accumulated legislation, that much of which is self-serving and, and, and obsolete, and and start over again, uh, you know, clean house, and start over again fresh, on and reaffirm their original principles, and and of course that's uh, in a sense what well, uh, you know you, you might say that's what we're trying to do right now but but it, it, and and because uh we we have we have evolved ever since uh, ever since the 1920s ever since the great depression uh we have been we have been uh moving moving more and more leftward you know more and more to the left and and uh, uh and that that that's what Machiavelli was warning against way back in the Renaissance. And and uh, so uh, a lot of times when when uh, when uh, when when a, when a democracy, because you know democracy is is a strange word. I mean it 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 it's a, it's a word that comes from ancient Greece, and it means literally uh, rule by the majority. And and uh, so uh, when you when you when people throw this word democracy around, and they, you know, they, they don't realize that what they uh, what a democracy, uh, that a democracy, a real democracy, is not what they think a democracy is. A real democracy is the tyranny of the mob. Whatever the mob wants, that's what a real democracy d- uh, does. If it's a real democracy, uh, if the mob wants to wants to winch somebody, well, then then that's what they're going to do. Uh, uh the uh uh, but, uh when uh, you know the the romans when they when they went to war they the uh whoever the whoever the uh the leader of the senate or the emperor or whoever was uh, the whoever was the power broker in those days he used to he used to go stand up in the in in the in the senate with a spear and he would he would point the spear in the compass direction of the enemy and he and then he would shout out where is the enemy and and uh, then he'd turn the spear and and if he turned the, the spear in the right direction uh, all of his supporters would cheer and and of course you know uh that's that's kind of what we what we what we uh you know have in a you in know a, a democracy goes to war that's what we've got we've got uh we got these demagogues that that you know, they stand up and, and and hold the spear and point it in a direction and and ask us, "Where's the enemy?" You know, and 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 uh, if we all agree with the with the demagogue, then then we go to war. I don't like that, and and, and uh, I don't think you do either. But that that's the way it is. And and granted, wars do uh, generate uh, technology; they they advance technology and all that. But I I don't know. I, I wish we could somehow or other somehow or other get get beyond war. It would be
1: really nice if we could do that. I, I do too. I, I'm just uh, when I hear about this and I and I read about the demonization, what I'm trying to think is, what 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 was Ezra's religion trying to demonize with the creation of these fallen angels? That was actually good, because you and I both agree war is not a beautiful thing. Uh, it's it's what are they trying to cover up? What are they trying to, to get us to, to not focus on? Um, and I think that with a, with a lot of the fallen angels, there's a pretty strong argument that it's, it's a very anti-scientific, anti-truth um, direction that um, Ezra had uh, triggered um, that um, has been followed through the centuries. And we have really been battling to get out of it. And um, if you look at all the things that are attributed to Jesus, the majority of writings that are attributed to Jesus are Gnostic. They're, they're not the texts that we have that uh, connect yeah. more closely with Ezra's religion. And um, one of the big secret messages that I think we get, because one thing we do read about is that Jesus talked to his disciples in secret to explain parables in ways that he would not to the public. And I, I think one of the big things that Jesus was teaching was, okay, you have God, you have your conception of the supreme being, and the concept of a supreme being is right, but the way you're worshiping the supreme being is wrong, and you're not really reaching up the ladder. There's, there's a much higher, more beautiful perception of the supreme being that you should be reaching for. And um, that supreme being has both masculine and feminine elements within it. And those are hidden in the Old Testament because there were plenty of Elohist writers who wanted that in there, and and, um, it couldn't just be erased. What had to be done is some of it was cut out and some of it was overwritten with new interpretations, so you couldn't see it as clearly. Well, this is one
0: of the things that uh, Peter Gray points out in that Lucifer Principles, that behind all of this uh, Lucifer thing, uh, behind all this war in heaven, was really a war against the feminine principle in in uh, uh in heaven. Uh, the the uh Elion was was usually conceived of as both El and mother Asherat, And and they uh, they the, the, the two were were like the two faces the two faces of of, of God, male and female. And and uh the original Hebrews uh, you know the the Moses crowd. They hated women, and women, as far as they were concerned, were only good for housekeeping and breeding, and 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 uh, and you know, and, and they and otherwise shut up, you know, and keep them barefoot and pregnant, and and uh, and, and and sell them off like merchandise or like uh, or, or like goats, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, and, and so a lot of. Uh, I, I I really I really do sympathize with uh, with uh, you know with the with the feminists years ago I sympathized with them when the feminist movement got started and especially in in paganism uh, when they were you know talking about the pa- patriarchal aspect of, of the of the Old Testament and and uh, yeah I sympathized and and I still sympathize. I I think the feminist movement's gone too far uh, today. It's it's the pendulum has gone too far in either direction. But however, originally, uh, uh, you know, Jesus was was very very uh, pro marriage. He he was for the power of women, but in the institution of marriage, that that within the institution of marriage, and and that of course uh, he in fact he even argued with Hillel about that. uh hello uh said well you know a man ought to be able to divorce a woman. all he has to do is say three times in public, i divorce you, i divorce you, I divorce you and that's it and and then of course he the problem is he 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 throws her out and keeps all her property and 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 she has nothing and uh the the only power that women had was in was was in marriage you know that was that was their only position of power in that in, in that society and uh, this is one of the reasons why valentinian christianity uh uh emphasizes marriage and uh, it, it because it and emphasizes the power of women in uh you know the equality of male and female uh in marriage and and uh and I and I'm all for that. I I I really I I believe that the, uh, the, in marriage and the family and 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 uh, and I will say this though about the, the Valentinians, the Valentinians were willing. They were willing to uh, to to concede that Jehovah was the demiurge, and they did not consider Jehovah evil. They they this may have been a concession to the to the roman the Roman Church at that time because uh Valentine was angling to be elected pope at that time and and so he may have that may have been a concession but uh you know i I don't think so because he what he ended up doing he ended up uh uh equating joseph as a physical representation of jehovah and and uh and so he he's saying that well Joseph actually uh, had regular regular sex with Mary, uh, and 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 inseminated a regular child, but then uh, Eleon comes down and and, uh, and uh, spiritually impregnates Mary. So what Valentine is doing is, is he's he's uh, denying the virgin birth. Uh, but then, at the same time, he's saying that that Elion is is uh, is is inspiring Jesus. So when Jesus is born, according to to, to Valentine, uh, Jesus is his physical the physical aspect of Jesus uh, comes from his father Joseph and comes through regular intercourse and regular uh, pregnancy. But the spiritual aspect uh, comes from Eleon and that and, uh, of Jesus, and that's and that's. Uh, um, um you know uh i suppose i suppose you could if you if you somehow or other uh, split the two together you can still have a virgin birth i suppose if you if you somehow or other do do some philosophical gymnastics with this but i don't quite understand <laughs> how he would do that 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 really is philosophical gymnastics but uh, the cathars however they yeah, they believed that Jehovah was a demiurge, but they considered him evil. And somet and sometimes the Cathars got Lucifer and Jehovah mixed up and thought that they were that 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 Lucifer and Jehovah were the same the same being.
1: And that goes all the way back to the early Gnostics of the uh second century. Yeah. There, oh the early Gnostics. I- yeah, the
0: the
1: there's some texts. That say that uh, one of his, his Ialdabaoth's second name was Satan. So um, they definitely equated the two at that time, and, and there was this yeah. back and forth. And, and a lot of it is, well, how how evil do you want to consider the the second most powerful being in the universe? How much power do you want to give uh, that being? And uh, if you make him good, and if he's just or a little bit wayward, well then you have a much more powerful seeming um father of lights but if you want to make it, if you want to exaggerate his evil then you're exaggerating or or you're you're focusing on the things that need to be, need to change because if you look at the inquisition and uh the whole energy that was around that that's some pretty yeah. wicked energy
0: oh lord you know what i said as i said in the uh in the script tonight uh, the, the 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 Dominican the Dominican Order and the Catholic Church uh, the Roman Church can never 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 apologize enough or do enough penance for the Albigensian Crusade that was a horrible hideous thing and 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 uh, you know they 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 can never they, they they can never atone for it it was it was it was hideous it was awful and and these people were far better Christians in the spirit of, in the spirit of the gospel. They were far better Christians than the, than the Catholics. And, and, uh, and they had a right to be, I mean, they had a right to their faith and their, their belief, uh, to you know, burn people alive for, uh, you know, for, uh, for this is it in the numbers that they did. And that not, not, well, you know, uh, what did Stalin say? He said, "Well, the death of one person is a is a, a tragedy, but the death tragedy. of a million people are, is a is a statistical statistical inference." I think that was the term he used. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's burning anybody alive. You know, is horrible. And and I, you know, I I don't know how. I, and by the way, uh, let me before I forget, do you remember a few years back? A s uh a, a, a Catholic uh nun called who called herself a singing nun and she had a little song a little bit. That, yeah, well it had a little this little song. Did <laughs> you hear that? Yes I did. Yeah, you I remember? think every
1: almost. Uh, pro, uh, I I don't remember the words, but I think everybody recognizes that tune.
0: Well, yeah, that that little tune. Well, that the words of that song, were about one of the inquisitors in the Albigensian Crusade, uh, talking about all the heretics that he burned. Okay. That cute that cute little song that the singing nun was singing. That's what that that's what the words that's what the lyrics are. It's it's one of the crusaders, uh, probably not the same crusader who revealed the secret of the holy grail, but 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 one of those one of those dominicans. That's about his. Uh, uh, in fact, it may even be about Saint Dominic. I I don't know, but uh, you know whoever it, it was. That's what that that's what that song's about. The singing nun is about that horrible thing. Uh, uh, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if if, if somewhere uh, if somewhere there is a song like that, a little German song like that 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 uh, the, about the Holocaust, you know, <laughs> with a cute little oh. tune.
1: well, you know what's funny is is the song "Onward, Christian Soldiers." Yeah. which is certainly uh praising the crusades well there were some Buddhists who adapted it in order to have some songs in English and they changed the lyrics a little bit and, and uh, their line was onward buddhist soldiers
0: well we we discussed before that uh, that uh, one of the secrets of the, that that uh, I remember our remember our friend uh, uh Andre Zaminsky and, and he right. he said he said the he said the Kala chakra is political and he was right. So what, what it is, is you he's, he's, take a Kala Chakra initiation and and uh, you would take a Bodhisattva vow. And you have just, you know, it's like it's like you've just joined the, the Dalai Lama's foreign legion. Right. So what you're, yeah, what, what, you're, what you're vowing is your next incarnation, you're going to be a soldier a soldier of Shambhala. Yeah. Like and a, and know, that's, it, that's
1: like, something that people miss. Yeah,
0: well, Andre didn't. You know, he he he, he mentioned it, and I chucked up. I looked at my uh, I looked at my my kalachakra initiation script that I have, and and uh, from when I took it, and I said, yep, that that's true. I'm 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 supposed to be a soldier of Shambhala next time around, and and uh, you know, as I say, it it's kind of like it's kind of like you know this guy stumbling down stumbling down the, uh, the street in Marseille, you know, back in the 1920s, and he stumbles, he stumbles in the, in this door, and somebody shoves a, and somebody shoves a paper under his nose, and says, sign here, so he signs, is it, well, you just signed, you just, you just joined the Foreign Legion for five years.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, let's, you know, uh, we got a, we got a, just a couple minutes before we we need to sign off. But uh, but uh, remember the significant thing that 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 we revealed in tonight's program that we have not discussed in earlier programs is the actual physical nature of what the Holy Grail was. What though? And I, jo- you know, I was joking the in in the abstract, and I said, oh, what those nasty French knights had in the castle, you know, you know. Remember yeah. in Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Yes, hey, we right. have Holy Grail. Our Holy Grail is better than your Holy Grail, you <laughs> stupid English person. You, yeah, I in your general direction. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, in a way, as I say, what what we talked about tonight was what those what those troubadour knights that went rappelling down with that rucksack went rappelling down the backside of, of Mont down the down the backside into the into the gorge. And that's a hell of a repel, boy. You know, uh, uh, you know, I I, I I could just I can close my eyes and see them, you know, bouncing down there, down there on those those ropes, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, they 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 had the you know uh, they had the they had that Chitamani in that in that rucksack probably, and where they hit it, who knows? Who knows if we're ever going to find it? So you know, anyway so
1: it, it what Oh I, I was just going to say it, it's it's interesting we we can we can laugh about history but it has to have been so much different living it. Um but I it, it, I think it is good that we can it, we can look at the you know the whole French versus British uh, holy grail spout and it, it's pretty funny now.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, Monty Python made good, uh, but you know,
1: as I say, there, there, there was, there was so much
0: truth in that Monty Python and the Holy Grail, though.
1: I know. I mean,
0: yeah, you know, with the with the with those French knights, yeah, they had it all right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a stupid English person, you. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for coming on board tonight and and, and uh, helping out and. Uh, next week we'll uh uh we'll we'll be back on board, same time, same station, and with more uh, Hermetic Mysteries and, and uh uh so until then uh everybody out there in in uh, Hermetic Radio Land, uh uh have a happy new year and good magic.
1: Bye bye bye. Bye, have a great great night everyone.